Welcome to the podcast, Estate Planning with Paul Rabelais, where we'll discuss the latest and simplest legal strategies and tactics available for you to protect your estate for yourself and your family, all in easy to understand terms. It's all about protecting your estate now, so you and your loved ones can reap the benefits later. And now your host, estate planning attorney, Paul Rabelais. So in this podcast, we're going to talk about joint bank accounts, blended families, sharing it, sharing an inheritance with your stepchild or stepchildren, and more good estate planning topics. Hey, I'm Paul Rabelais. I'm an estate planning attorney here in Louisiana. Got a question the other day, went something like this. Um, it was asked of me by a wife. You know, she was with her husband and her husband had uh, has a daughter. You know, they're all adults. And the wife's question to me was something like, Paul, we have joint bank accounts. And if my husband dies before me, can his daughter mess with uh, our accounts? So that's a, a little bit of a complicated question that, that can't be answered you know, simply in one statement or even one sentence. So most people, when I get asked that question, what happens to our, our joint bank accounts, our joint credit union accounts, that's all we're going to talk about for now. We're not going to get into yet investment accounts and real estate and homes. Just let's talk about the joint bank accounts for now. Most um, couples express some concern that when one of them passes away, they don't want the account frozen where the surviving spouse can't access it. Surviving spouse, you know, those spouses are usually thinking something like, if my spouse dies, I need, I need money to pay for the funeral. I need money to pay our ongoing bills. That's our operating account. If it's frozen, I'm going to be in a bind. So that's usually what they're thinking, but it, the, in reality, it, it goes a lot deeper than that. So let's go through the example. Uh, husband and wife, and uh, let's say husband has uh, a child, and, and let's say it's an adult child, just to make it simple. Um, and the wife is worried if the husband dies that she's not going to have access to their joint bank accounts. They actually went to the bank, the husband and wife did, and, and asked the bank that question, which is not a bad idea to do. And the bank said, no, ma'am, if your husband dies, this is a, a, joint, a joint bank account and you'll still have access to the account if he dies. And again, know that it's different for investment accounts and and uh, real estate. But as far as bank accounts and credit union accounts that hold, you know, cash, checking savings, those types of things, um, then then you need to ask your bank. But in, in many cases, the bank doesn't freeze the joint account when one spouse dies. But that, that's not the end of it. That's, that's really just the beginning because that surviving wife is, is likely to run into a whole host of problems after her husband died if he did not have any kind of estate legal program in place. So now we'll go through what will happen when that husband dies, he has a daughter of his own, that daughter is not the daughter of his surviving wife, and he has no estate legal plan in place. Maybe he has an estate worth um, $100,000, maybe he has an estate worth $5 million. It doesn't matter, the rules are the same that apply to what he owned. 
So now we're going to start talking about some of the laws that apply when someone dies in those circumstances when they didn't have any kind of legal planning in place, no will, no trusts, no nothing. So there's a, a rule in Louisiana that says if the deceased spouse is survived by descendants, and in this case he had a daughter, the surviving spouse, his wife, shall have a usufruct over the decedent's share of the community property to the extent that the decedent has not disposed of it by testament. This usufruct terminates when the surviving spouse dies or remarries, whichever occurs first. Okay, so let's say they had, you know, husband and wife, as most husbands and wives do, unless they, you know, did, um, you know, formal prenups and all that before they got married, which rarely is the case. They, you know, they've never even had to hire a lawyer before. So he dies and they've got some some bank accounts that are community property. Maybe they're in his name, maybe they're in her name, maybe those accounts are in both of their names. So let's just pull a number out of thin air for purposes of our example. Let's say there's $400,000 of bank accounts when the husband dies and they're all joint accounts. So the wife initially is not concerned because she goes to the bank and, and they tell her, hmm, you have access, those accounts aren't frozen. She says, she says great, I have access to $400,000. Now, now typically the fun starts. Even though that surviving wife has access to the joint accounts, she's likely to run in some problems with the use of fructuary security rules. So here's another rule that we have in Louisiana. The use of fructuary shall give security that he will use the property subject to the usufruct as a prudent administrator and that he will faithfully fulfill all the obligations imposed on him by law or by the act that established the usufruct unless security is dispensed with. Okay, so, so what that means is that surviving wife under this rule must uh, give security that you know she'll faithfully, let's see, faithful, faithfully fulfill all of the obligations. So if they had $400,000 of bank accounts, that's community property, you know, it's owned 50-50, so she owned $200,000 of, of those accounts, and then she had the usufruct of his $200,000 of, of, of those accounts. And because he had no planning, um, she must provide security, and she's likely going to have to go out and post a bond, uh, purchase a bond and pay for it every year until she either dies or remarries in order because our law says that um, that's the protection that the husband's child has to ensure that that husband's child will receive the inheritance when that surviving wife either dies or remarries. Now in some cases security is what's called dispensed with but not in this set of circumstances. Security isn't necessary and can't be required when the, um, well, let's look at it another way. Security is not dispensed with when the naked owner, husband's child, is not a child of the use of rectuary. So the husband's child is not the surviving wife's child. So now security is necessary and you better believe that daughter of the deceased husband is going to require her stepmother to um, 
to give security. Okay, so now surviving wife and her stepdaughter, husband's daughter, must go through a succession together. Um, they'll each be represented by a lawyer or multiple lawyers. All of the husband and wife's assets must be disclosed to the stepchild in order to complete any kind of you know, succession proceeding and get anything in the husband's name uh, retitled appropriately so it can be accessed or sold or transferred. Note that that security must be in the amount of the total value of the property subject to the usufruct. So the more property that surviving wife has the usufruct over, whether it's cash, whether it's real estate, whether it's investments, whether it's vehicles, whether it's a business, the more security that that surviving wife is going to be required to give. And that's that security isn't always, isn't really ever inexpensive. So that surviving wife will likely have to go to some type of insurance agency or insurance company that sells, is in the business of selling something called a usufructuary bond. And that surviving wife is going to have to, you know, fill out lots of applications for a bond, disclose all of the assets. Then the insurance company will say, well, if you have the usufruct over this amount of assets, then you have to pay us each year um, X in, in order for us to ensure that you're not going to squander those assets that you have the usufruct of and in order that your stepdaughter's inheritance will be protected. So it's usually at about this point where we start to hear comments like, Paul, my husband would be rolling over in his grave if he knew what his daughter was putting me through. Or maybe she says something like, you know, I hope she's happy because I'll never speak to her again. Or maybe she blurts out something like, you know, if she's going to be like that and force me to give this security and post this bond, if she doesn't trust me, just give her the damn money. So, you know, all those are, are, are just uh, unfortunate consequences of not planning in advance to prevent those kinds of future problems. All of this can be cleared up with if the husband and wife had, you know, put some type of appropriate estate legal program in place, um, providing that things go to the right people, waiving all of the bond requirements, putting the right people in charge, um, and allowing things to go perhaps even outside of all the court interference and without all of the attorney involvement that this family had to go through because they had not taken care of it in advance. You know, you've earned it, um, so now it's, it's appropriate to take a little time to protect it. So hope that helps. Um, you can check out my YouTube channel and uh, lots of other resources on the internet to find out more um, about these little niche topics that relate to estate planning, particularly if you live in our uh, great state of Louisiana. I'm Paul Rabelais. Hope this helps. Have a great day.